0: Welcome to The Dad Presents. Make sure you're following the show wherever you're listening. And wherever you are out in the world, spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to the show, especially my Californians. You guys hardened your shells the past couple weeks and survived the great heat wave of 2022. Just brave and inspiring. Now, I mean, I know all you guys who are not from California. You're rolling your eyes at me right now. I know. I grew up on the East Coast. Weather is for real out there. It's for real on the East Coast. It's for real in the North. We're spoiled here, you know. Weather on the East Coast summers are hot and sweaty, and if you don't invest in baby powder, you're walking around with sore, chapped balls from June until September. It's it's awful. I know. I know your weather's tough, but we in California, well, you know, we really don't care about the rest of y'all because we're narcissists, and we were suffering the last couple of weeks we were suffering. So you guys need to hear about it. Now, look, man, when my family, when we moved into this beautiful house, this dump of a house in this beautiful location about six years ago, the selling point on the house was the beautiful ocean view. But hey, guys, no air conditioning. And the owners were like, yo, hey, man, you won't need air conditioning. You get a fresh ocean breeze. Just sign here and give us all your money, man. That's what we did. We gave them all our money. But dude, screw your fresh ocean breeze. I don't need stinky warm fish air wafting in the window when I'm trying to sleep. Dead fish stink. It's not a relaxing scent. If you go to Bed Bath & Beyond and tell the clerk you want a relaxing candle, she doesn't hand you the dead halibut delight you know why she doesn't hand you the dead halibut delight because the dead halibut delight does not exist because that smell sucks so i don't want a a warm stinky ocean breeze when it's 100 degrees out i'm dying i need hydrofluorocarbons and freon on my balls i need freon blowing on my balls It, it was insane out here for two weeks over 100 degrees People were losing their minds. Did you know that Los Angeles was built in a desert? They built the second biggest city in America in a desert. We don't have water, y'all. We steal our water from Colorado. We, we do. We, we, they diverted the Colorado River so 20 million people in Los Angeles can drink water. So, you know, here's a thought next time, maybe build the cities where the water is. I don't know. Because one of these days the heat, it's going to go up to a hundred. Our dickless mannequin of a governor, Gavin Newsom, he's going to shut off the power again, like he did during this heat wave. And then the Sparklets guy, he's going to catch COVID, and it's going to be an old lady genocide in the streets out here—just old ladies dropping dead. Speaking of a genocide, have you guys? Did you guys see Joe Biden's speech about MAGA fascists while he was backlit in Nazi red? with soldiers flanking both of his sides. It was outrageous, it was a couple weeks ago. Did you see his 9-11 speech about domestic terrorist threats to democracy? Did you? Did you catch Kamala with Chuck Todd comparing election deniers to 9-11 mass murderers? Check it out. We're at the 21st marking, if you will, of the September 11th attacks. Yeah. This was a foreign terrorist attacking our democracy, yeah. attacking this country. Yeah. We're now, as a nation, battling a threat from within. Is the threat equal or greater than what we faced after 9-11?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, I have held many elected offices as district attorney, attorney general, senator, now vice president. And there's an oath that we always take, which is to defend and uphold our Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We don't compare the two in the oath, but we know they both can
0: exist and we must defend against it. Wow, man. If you voted for Trump or if you questioned the integrity of the most secure election in history, the most secure, it was the most secure election in history. If you questioned it, your government views you as a threat on par with the 9-11 Islamic jihadists. That's how they view you. Now, hey, I'm not sure I remember how our government handled that threat. What happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They dropped bombs all over the Middle East for about 20 years and killed about a million people. So if MAGA is an equal threat to 9-11 terrorists, well, I guess it's time to start drone bombing Tallahassee, Florida and Chattanooga, Tennessee. Right? an equal threat. These these people, these people in government in Washington, they're sick. They are sick. They don't care about you. All they care about is power, and you should be concerned. Well, Matt, I'm not MAGA, and I hate Trump too, so I don't have anything to worry about. Really? Well, guess what, libertarians? These people don't make the distinction. You're a threat too. John Brennan said so on CNN a year and a half ago. Called you terrorists. And parents, non political parents, do you go to school board meetings once in a while and speak out about all the weird gender stuff going on in your kids' school? Do you? Well, guess what? You're a terrorist too. The DOJ said so. Okay. Hey, Washington, listen the biggest threat to America,
1: it's not MAGA,
0: it's just not. The biggest threat to Americans are you. You're attempting to set up a one-party system in which you rule over the rest of us forever, silencing all dissent and opposition. You see, the elite in Washington, they don't like it when peons like you and I start to question their authority and omnipotence. They know everything and you can't question it. They just don't like it. And now these control freaks, they want to take away your power. Literally, I mean, literally, they want to take away the power in your home. Gavin Newsom asked us all to shut off our power at night during the heat wave. And we still had blackouts. We still had blackouts. I had to run to the grocery store for ice to protect all the meat in our freezers. We had blackouts because the energy infrastructure in California sucks balls, sucks here. They got rid of all the nuclear power they shut down all the coal plants and now they can't deal with it when the temperature goes up a little bit blackouts europe is probably worse off than us they want to forcefully restrict your power in order to save you from the environment i'm sorry they want to restrict your use of power in order to save the environment from you (laughs) and this is what is expensive because in these peak demands The expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours. Two weeks to flatten the sun, man. Government silenced COVID dissenters for two years in the media. They took away your freedom of speech. But guess what? They did it to protect you. So it's okay. It's okay. They're protecting you. The head of the CDC, Michelle Walensky, she lied. She lied, and she said the vaccine would protect you from catching COVID and passing it on. She lied because she now says, "Well, she knew that statement wasn't true. She lied to protect you. She lied about the vaccine to protect you. She didn't want you to be hesitant about the vaccine, so she lied about it, and it's okay." Doctor Matthias Desmond, he said on this show, "The Dad Presents," that society is swimming and free-floating anxiety that's been created by the collapse of community and human interaction. Our human interactions have been dwindling for years because of technology. Some of that's a good thing. Some of it's a bad thing. We need human interactions, right? And people have free-floating anxiety because they're not getting what they need from society because technology is advancing faster than we can evolve to keep up with it. So then COVID came along and they gave these people something to attach their anxiety to. COVID was the boogeyman. And the dogmatic COVID religion of the authoritarians, they're going to protect you from that boogeyman. Well, that worked for a while and people, you know, people fell in line and and obeyed and they had something to point at. Well, that's no longer working. People aren't afraid of COVID as much. People have caught on. So now they need a new boogeyman. And that's MAGA, and that's climate change. MAGA is the boogeyman, and climate change is gonna kill everybody in the world. And Joe Biden, he's gonna protect you. And that's cool. That's cool again, because now you're part of their tribe. You're on the you're on the Joe Biden team. You're on the uh, we're gonna protect the environment team. You're on the MAGA is evil fascist team. So you have a tribe, and you feel less alone. You feel better because now you have something to attach your anxiety to and a savior to protect you from it. That's the formula for authoritarianism. That's the formula for a dictatorship. It's not new. This has existed for a gazillion years. Find a boogeyman, make people fear the boogeyman, and then make the people believe you're going to protect them from the boogeyman. That's what dictators do. And if you've listened to Joe or Kamala or any of them, you'd know that you're the boogeyman. You're the boogeyman, dude. They think you're a fascist. Do you know what a fascist is as they're using that word? Now, look, man, I don't know where you went to school, but in my public school in Pennsylvania, history class, I learned about fascists like Stalin and Hitler. They were evil and they had to be stopped. I learned that you need to kill the fascists before they kill you. If you don't kill them, they're going to kill you. They're going to put you in an oven, put you in an oven and cook your family. That's what fascists do. And now they think you're a fascist. Your leaders might actually believe this, or they might just want everyone else to believe this, but they are saying it. You're a fascist. And now some of your neighbors actually believe you're a fascist. So be careful. Your neighbor might actually think you're a fascist, but he's not your enemy. Don't let that happen. Don't let them do that to us. Don't treat him like your enemy. He's your neighbor. He's more like you than Joe Biden or Donald Trump. We need to recognize who the enemy is. It's those in Washington who want to strip us of our personal liberties. We can't allow those people to pit us against each other. So if your neighbor views you as a disgusting, racist, Nazi, prove him wrong. Prove him wrong with kindness and love. Because unity amongst us, every everyday normal people, that's how we beat the authoritarians who are abusing us. It's the only way we beat them is with unity amongst ourselves. We cannot let them drive us apart. So we need to promote and support leaders in our communities, in our states, and on the federal level who promise to give the power back to the individual. That's what we need. We went from the smallest government in world history, that's why American prospered. But we went from that to the largest government the world has ever seen in a span of 250 years, because that's the natural evolution of any government. People get in power and they attempt to get more power. And we build a system where it's supposed to have checks and balances and restrain that power, but we don't even teach those checks and balances in school anymore. Nobody really understands them. And the people in power have been able to defy the Constitution and grow their power and get this thing out of control. And now at this point, the only way to fix it is to strip it down to its most bare essential functions. There's no fixing it. We need to take the power away from them. And we need to elect people who will take the power away and give it back to the individual. We need to put liberty lovers into every office we can in America. So let's just look back. Let's just look back, okay? War on terror. War on drugs. The Patriot Act. 2008 bailouts, COVID bailouts, the COVID lockdowns, all these things. Democrats and Republicans in power got those wrong, both of them, both sides. They voted almost 100 and nothing on all those things. They were together. They were united. Know who got them right? Small government libertarians. We got all those issues right. We were right on all of them. Go back, listen to this show from three years ago, listen to other shows, listen to Ron Paul, listen to Rand Paul, the things they were saying when all these things came up. Libertarians got them right, all of them. And the things, those things that I just mentioned, you know, the the lockdowns, the COVID bailouts, the 2008 bailouts, all those things, the war on terror, these things, they were the biggest mistakes of our lifetime. And Democrats and Republicans did those things to us together because they pretend to hate each other. They pretend to hate each other until we get to the two big things foreign policy and money. Then they always agree. Oh, yeah, they might argue about tax policy by, you know, the Republicans might say we want 32 percent. and The Democrats say we want 36 percent, but it's a dog and pony show, man. They always agree on the important stuff and you get screwed. Almost all Democrats and a large amount of Republicans are statists and they think you're a grave threat to them. They say you're a threat to democracy but I don't think they mean it. I think what they mean is that you are a threat to their power. MAGA is a threat to their power. Libertarians are a threat to their power. Parents who go to school board meetings and speak out against their nonsense is a threat to their power. They don't like when you question their decisions. They believe you are a threat to their power because you are a threat to their power. It's true. You are a threat to their power, and you need to keep that in mind. They're scared of you. They're scared of us together, united, so they drive us apart. Enough people have woken up to the scam and just aren't having it anymore. And that's terrific. We got to stay the course. So if they call you a terrorist or a racist or a sexist, man, it's because you're over the target and they fear you. So don't let up. Buy into the principles of individual liberty now because the fight's getting intense and we're running out of chances. They call you a fascist and you just think it's just a way of speaking. And you don't think the government would actually wage war on you, on their own people. Right, you don't believe they would do that. This is America. That's not going to happen. Okay, did you think they'd lock your kids out of school for a year? Did you think they'd take away your speech if you questioned their COVID policies? Tim Ryan, a Democrat running for Senate, said this week that that we need to kill their movement. Kill. That's the word he chose to use about MAGA. We need to kill their movement. His word, man. These people want complete and total control. And for complete and total control, they need to control speech and they need to control all the guns and weapons. If you control those two things, you got all the power. If you don't have dissenting voices and the people are unarmed, you can rob them of their liberty and create a one-party state otherwise known as a dictatorship. And make no mistake about it, man. That is what they are trying to do. In Washington, the the Democrats and the statist Republicans they've united. They've united against you, libertarians, parents who speak out, mega fascists. We got to all unite, okay. And we got to recruit some of our neighbors. We got to show them who we really are, because we're in a battle to preserve individual liberty in this country. The government, the government's an emperor with no clothes. They don't have power, authority, unless we give them that power and authority. And if, if enough people resist and fight this tyranny, liberty will endure. Let's get into our interview. But first, a word from our sponsor: expressvpn.com slash the dad. Look, guys, the FBI and NSA, they're tracking you, man. If you're a parent and you use the word liberty or patriot in your bio on Twitter or whatever, or you talk about it on Facebook, guess what? They're spending money to track your web activity. Last year alone, four million Americans were tracked. That data recently came out. Four million Americans were spied on by the FBI, and they're not going after the lefties. So protect yourself and protect your family with a VPN blocker from expressvpn.com slash the dad. There's just no reason to not do this. At this point, you get three free months. If you don't like it by the fourth month, you cancel canceled by month four, you never pay for it. So try it out, expressvpn.com slash the dad, protect yourself, protect your privacy, protect your family. Our second sponsor is zstacklife.com slash the dad. Guys, COVID's still here. Still here. People aren't dying from it, but you don't want to get it. I had it. It's no fun. Flu season's coming back around. Get your body right and ready and healthy. Exercise. Eat right and get all the vitamins you need for a strong immune system in one dose from Z Stack Life, which was created by the great Dr. Zelenko, who was one of the first brave doctors to stand up and fight against the COVID regime. Go to ZstackLife.com/slash the dad, get 15% off, get your body right. Let's get back into the show. All right, let's go you guys. We are here today again at the Gateway Summit for Medical Freedom. We are with Dr. Kirk Milhone. He is a pediatric cardiologist. Correct. All right. I just met him earlier today and and I thought he would just be perfect for this audience that Dad presents, you know, about our kids. We're all concerned about our kids. We're concerned about these vaccines. A lot of you have been smart and not gotten them. So this is the perfect this is the guy to talk to of all the doctors. Cardi cardiact pediatrician perfect doctor how you doing today doing well how are you sir excellent it's been a, it's been a long day but man i've so much information is going in here and a lot of it i've not heard before and we've had a lot of doctors on the show i've read a lot but a lot of new information that i think some doctors just haven't want to say publicly before um in your treatment and what you're doing what is the number one thing that parents should be aware of, if they've already vaccinated their children, what should they be looking for when we're talking about this, uh, these, this heart inflammation that we hear so much about, myocarditis?
1: Yeah, so if, you've, if people have already vaccinated their children, the, the biggest idea is just watch how your child has done. Right? Not a, 100% of people who don't get vaccines do not get heart inflammation. There's a select number, and I would say from how we have treated children in the past, we have exceeded the number that it's allowed to have a, a complication. So usually what, when I, when I was guiding pediatrician, um, as a pediatrician, when I was guiding people in terms of what the fact vaccine risks are, I think most families are, are happy and comfortable with a one in a million risk.
0: Sure, one I would a, be. A one million. in a million
1: risk is, is something that, we're comfortable that we know people die from the flu vaccine and people have complications from the flu vaccine. Flu is a big problem in children. It's 20 times more, um, causes more complications in children than COVID does. Yeah, that's it's, wild. It's really significant, right? Um, COVID hasn't caused those problems, but a flu vaccine has a death rate of one in about 7 million. And it has no myocarditis. Yeah. But we don't mandate a flu vaccine for kids. Why? Is because we do not think that this is necessary. For some high-risk kids, we might um, recommend a vaccine, but we don't. So, the first problem is is that this is a
0: To of what is the death rate on the flu for children?
1: Um, I, I would have to. I don't have those numbers right off the top. But I, it is higher than but, it is with COVID. But at least twenty times higher than wow. it is with COVID. Right? It, so that's the nice thing when we when for as a pediatrician, right? Not necessarily, but as a pediatrician, one of the benefits of COVID um, for us is that it really didn't affect the children. And it still doesn't affect the children. And now that we don't have the Delta variant, we just have Omicron, it definitely doesn't. It's a bad cold for children. It might be one day of fever, two days of fever. Um, mm. All I'm really treating kids with is, you know, those. Uh, I like those emergency packets um, because they have a quite a bit of zinc in them. Um, it's an easy
0: thing you to talk talking about kids. that over-the-counter thing? Yeah, over-the-counter yeah. thing. Okay.
1: I, haven't, um, I haven't had to treat a, an outpatient, like normal, healthy kid. Um, in as my work as a pediatric cardiologist inside of a children's hospital, we've had some kids, I've had to treat some kids who've had um, some uh, effects as a, um, for those who had COVID infection and also quite a few who've had um, vaccine effects. So <sighs> the majority of kids do not have a tr- have problems, but it's more than it should be. And usually if we've seen this many effects, so right now, There's one in around 2,600, one in 2,600, not one in a million, one in 2,600 kids will have a problem um, with myocarditis.
0: And that number depends on how we look at it. A problem with myocarditis. Yes. I heard something today that something like 2% of people have myocarditis. If we look closer
1: to those kids who aren't complaining, but if we look at all kids who've had the vaccine, then we can see problems in their heart in one in 50. Jeez.
0: One in 50. I'm, I'm willing to take a one in seven million risk. That's like a lottery. Okay. One in 50? No, man, yeah. that's that's dangerous. Now, if most of these kids though, they don't present with symptoms, does that mean that the parents don't need to worry about it or is no. it something they can sneak so up later?
1: We have this new thing that's come into our adult literature that for those p- parents, they always knew about SIS. Very frightened about sids, yes. right? We changed everything with children over, you know what? We, we see a decreased risk if we flip them on their backs, which was completely counterintuitive because you thought if my baby's a spitty baby, I don't want my baby on their back because I'm afraid sure. they're gonna you know, do the old 60s rock and roll person yeah. and throw up in their mouth and, <laughs> right. and not wake up, right? So we put, but we showed if you, it was a back to sleep. And so we did that, we did that for, um, um, for kids, right? So, um, but one in a million that's, that's, that's not a problem for us. Most of us are, are okay with that. That's an accepted right. risk. Um, but when it gets 1 in 50, no, that's, that's way too high. And the problem is, is now you have that sudden infant death syndrome that we're all aware of. Now there's sudden adult death sure. syndrome. What is that about? When did that come, come to be? It came to be once we started vaccinating almost 70% of the world's population.
0: Right. Isn't it, isn't it like the second or the, the number one cause of death right now is, is unknown. unknown?
1: Number one.
0: What does that mean? Unknown? We,
1: can, we can't, well, could mean two things. One is we don't want to tell you what we attribute it to, or we don't want to tell you what we it's associated with because we have a narrative that we don't want to hurt.
0: Right. right? So if the, if like, it's a soccer athlete, we've, we've all seen these vignettes of them running down the field, they collapse, they die. Would that be classified as unknown, or is that classified as heart attack?
1: No, that would be classified as a sudden adult death syndrome. Gotcha. Okay. Um, But remember, we used to have these, but they were very rare. You would see maybe one or twice, and it was always always a big deal when – A star athlete died on the court. Sure. So what do we do? we went out and screened every child. We started doing EKGs on every kid, and if they were more positive, then we do echocardiograms to make sure they didn't have an uh, an enlarged portion of their heart called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Mm Because we weren't, we wouldn't allow one kid to die or two kids to die. Yeah. And now the death rate is going up dramatically in kids, and no one's saying halt to
0: this. So, well, well, some people are, and they're getting, they're getting shut down. They're getting a yeah. platform. They're getting silenced. We, we've had on Dr. Pierre Cory. We've had on Dr. Paula. Every time we put a doctor on YouTube, it gets taken down in a day. We get 10,000, 20,000 views in a matter of hours, and then they take it down. So I, this won't even go up on YouTube. This yeah. so will just so go straight to Rumble. They why shut they, it down.
1: Why would they do that? Well, you're, you're causing vaccine hesitancy. Well, if this, is a, if this is a bad vaccine... Like in 1999, when RotorShield came out and it had 92 kids that didn't have a life-threatening illness, they just had what's called interception, where the gut telescopes within inside of itself. Um, once it got to 92, they shut it down. You know what the rate of, of interception for that was? Yeah. 1 in 4,300. When I'm telling you a very liberal number is 1 in 2,600, but silently it's 1 in 50, and some of those kids have a real risk. So when you have an increased marker on a cardiac MRI, that's an increased risk for sudden cardiac death. So I believe that a lot of these athletes who are dying suddenly are dying from sudden cardiac death related to um, most likely related to being vaccinated for COVID.
0: Yeah, it, it sure seems that way. And One in 50, that's 2%. That means probably we all know five or six people who have, or walking are walking on heart inflammation. Right.
1: That's crazy. And, and what we don't know is which ones are going to re- completely recover and which comes, which ones are going to be scarred for
0: life. So we know, we already know, everybody knows, nobody denies that COVID is more dangerous to young children than the flu. Like all the data no, shows Opposite. That. opposite. No, I'm sorry, yes. yes. The flu is more dangerous than COVID. We, we can all see that. The data all sees it, you, know, you yeah. know, on the CDC website. So there are some dangers, even the CDC admits there are some dangers with these vaccines. Mm-hmm. If they know... COVID is not dangerous to children, but there is some danger admittedly with the vaccine. Why are they pushing it so hard on children?
1: Uh, Good, very good question. Let me ask you another question. Let me pose another question to that. Why would you pose that on children when even the CDC itself months ago said 75% of children have already had COVID and we know natural immunity is robust. So why would you push this on a a class of the population that one have very low risk, and two, most of them, a high majority, higher than the number of percentage we have vaccinated, have already gotten it.
0: Yeah, I can't think of a reason. That's why I asked you. You're supposed to tell me. My kids both had COVID. They were better, and like my my kid had a fever It lasted about four hours. Then he was back playing basketball. So yeah, I don't I don't understand it.
1: So this is what we've talked about from the beginning, uh, the options that you come up with aren't scientific, right? You, you, you've you, watched really. us present. You've watched me present. You've watched Dr. McCullough present. You've watched Dr. Cole present. You've watched these. What did we show you? We showed you research paper after research paper yes. after research paper, not from the US, some from the US, some from the UK, some from Thailand, some from Israel, some from all around the world, right? Yes. Everything I said, I had a research
0: paper, All of you me. gentlemen were extremely detailed and researched, like my, my mind's going crazy with all these slides I've taken pictures of things I've not seen elsewhere.
1: And you, as you listen to Dr. McCall and myself talk about, we said, well, yeah, this is what they with, this is what they suggested. This is its benefits and its risks. This is where we think it's better than this and not as good as this, right? We were very honest to, like he told Paxlovid helps with this, but yes. not really help with this, but you got the, the rebound effect, right?
0: So, I, know, I know you're being honest and not having an agenda when he gets up there and says, Paxlovid does show some benefit in right? these cases. Like he's not out there just to smear.
1: Right. And so- so what I'm, here, what I'm here is I am an advocate. I, don't, um, I do most of my medical care is for free around the world. In two weeks, I'll be going to Tanzania to help children who have no ability to get heart surgery, get heart surgery. So I'm bringing a wow. team of 20 people who are going over to do that for free. I have a free medical clinic in Maui. I've seen over close to 700 patients um, for free in Maui to keep, take care of their COVID. I've gone on house, mostly house visits for free. So I get no money from me. I've never, as a pediatric cardiologist, I deal mostly in generic medications for kids. So I've never been a part of big pharma, right? I've never been on the junk. That's awesome. I want
0: stop there because one thing when I have these doctors on, people who criticize what they will say is this person is just trying to make money. He's trying to he's he's trying to get notoriety. This is that you're not making any money. You're just doing a good. You're going to Tanzania. You're not you're not going to make money in Tanzania. Yeah, so,
1: so, yeah, I'm not making any money, and I'm not trying to make any money. Um, to tell you the truth, my own philosophy is, is that I actually enjoy free medicine because it's pure. Um, I, I would never um, um, discourage or think that it was anything wrong for a doctor to be paid for what they're doing. In my 100%. mind, if I can, if I'm able to give that away for free, it makes what I'm doing for a sick person pure. And the part of that is because of my faith. Now, have I been paid for being a pediatric cardiologist in the past? Sure. Will I get paid to be a pediatric cardiologist in the future? Sure. But I have a great joy of being able to give this away for free. Um, Part of that is that's because of my faith, because it says, as you do, like go out and serve the sick, as you do the least of my brethren, you do it unto me. So in a sense, if I give away free medical care to a person, um, then that, to me, that's giving it back to Jesus. So that's yeah. part of my faith, that's so
0: important. That's another interesting thing I've learned this weekend. Like, I grew up Catholic. I don't consider myself, I'm not religious. Uh-huh. Um, but you don't hear a lot of doctors talking about Jesus mm-hmm. or God. I don't, I, I never hear that, especially out in California. I've never heard a doctor talk like that. I've heard six, seven, eight doctors speaking that way here. So it, it, it almost feels like we're dividing society into teams here where it's like people who are righteous versus those who are perpetrating evil.
1: Yeah. And I think also the other way is who's willing to fight for this. Um, uh, I think people who are willing to fight have a higher calling. So my calling, my, I don't answer to a medical board. I don't answer to um, a state licensing board who I answer to is God. So, and Two, and two of the seven things that God hates are deception. Bearing false witness against someone else right. and lying. Two of the seven of the things that He hates too are, are deception. So I think why why you've seen them sort of coalesce where the ones first we feel are very, very much a high calling in a, and who I answer to is God Almighty. And the other thing is is we're truth seekers yeah. and we're willing to fight for the truth. Myself and Dr. Cole, you'll often hear this. We didn't present it here, but often when we give our talks, we always hearken back to 1776. And the Declaration of Independence, those guys said to each other, we pledge our, our, our um, fortunes, our lives, and our sacred honor. If you look at the signers of the Declaration of Independence, they, most of them either died or ended up bankrupt. What they pledged, they came after yeah. So what Dr. Cole and I have been talking about is that we've reached a point in our country where we believe there needs to be a medical revolution because med- medicine has been perverted where now we can't even have a normal debate without getting shut down. Like you put something on this, like you and I are talking about this. And because we talk about something about myocarditis, if you say myocarditis in the vaccines, you know, the, the AI protocols will yes. have that off in an hour, hundred percent, right? In an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, um, But that's that. That's what I believe the battle is over. Is that we can't even speak truth anymore. So that's why Dr. Cole and I will often talk about this. it's our 1776 moment as doctors that we have to be willing to give up everything to fight for the truth because who is on the line is our patients.
0: Feels like it. Feels like it. That is the moment we're at. And I, I, I come from the medical field. I'm a physical therapist. I started a home health business in Los Angeles, which I sold. And I don't remember medicine 20 years ago being like this where it was just only, you know, I I respect doctors, people in the community respect doctors. And it's because you respect that when you go to them, they're doing their investigation and figuring out what is the best thing. And now it's become this monolithic thing where you subscribe to this or or you're out. And that's not how you make advancements in medicine or anywhere in society. So the
1: the heroes of our days were the police, right? They they will go. You expect a police, a policeman or police woman, to run the gunfire, not run away. Run the gunfire. I expect a fireman or a firewoman to run in to a burning house, even if they die. Right? It's their job. job. Yeah. A doctor, I expect a doctor to be around sick. people. That's so why I signed up. Doctor is to help people who are sick, not really actually to help people who are well. I know it's, a lot of
0: doctors who only do Zoom now,
1: right? So what happened when I got so much? Work in Maui for why older people were asking for the pediatric cardiologists to come take care of them. One is I'm used to people having low oxygen saturations. I'm used to people being in respiratory distress and helping people who are critically ill. I do that in children, so I'm comfortable with that doing it. But what they said is, as I talked to my doctor, and they said, "Well, come in when you can't breathe." They said, "Well, I I already feel bad." When, when when do I feel bad enough to him? we had a one of our um, paramedics who helps me and she went into a call and there was a little man sitting on his porch with his a suitcase and they went up to him and said what if he goes I, I can't stand anymore I've got to go to the hospital and so they took his oxygen saturation it was low but not low enough and so they said well sir um you're not sick enough to go to the hospital but he goes I can't take care of myself they said, "I'm sorry, sir. We have nothing we can do for you." And they drove away. So, w- what has happened with doctors that now we've become more self-protective? And part of that is is that we we have money, we have many, we have much, a fewer number of doctors who are uh, independent. They were, they're not their boss. Yeah. So they have a corporation. They have a hospital group. Yes. Telling them what they can and can't do. Whoa. Hang on. Of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's
0: we had a little technical difficulty. Yeah. Sure. Technical difficulty, guys. Sorry. Go on. But what
1: we're talking about is is uh, people, and I've heard this story over and over again, and I, if you talk to all the doctors who are caring for people with COVID, they'll say, I'm so glad you'll see me because I couldn't breathe, and my doctors didn't prescribe anything for me. So what we say is with COVID is it's – it's novel that it's a different kind of virus, but it causes the same things. You get, you're having problems breathing? Why, what kind of problems breathing? Wow, oh, you're having desaturation? Oh, well, let's try oxygen. Oh, it seems like your lungs are inflamed. Okay, let's try antibiotics. It looks like, well, maybe steroids would help as well. These aren't crazy treatments. No. So if I see someone who's having problems breathing, I don't care whether it's from COVID, from the sure. flu, from in, inhaled exhaust, whatever want to help them again. There are things I can do. Yes. Right? Basic things. And this is very early. We knew this is what COVID does. It has an infectious process, primarily lungs. Then it becomes whole body inflammation. And then you start to clot. Well, we, things, we have things to treat the lungs with. We have things to treat inflammation with. And we have treat, things to treat bleeding with. Yes. And what people were telling um, patients is that there's nothing I can do for you. Just go home right. and cost me. and You give it over. But once you got to seven days, it was too late. If you didn't right. treat early, it was, it, it was too late. And so then, but sort of the dirty, pull the curtain back. If there is a, if there is a, a a proof, basically a provable treatment that works, you can't get an emergency
0: use authorization for a different drug. Right.
1: So in order to get emergency use. That's what the problem
0: was with ivermectin, right?
1: So ivermectin worked? Yeah. Did, um. Did Peter McCullough say that Ivermectin worked on everybody? No. No. Did he say hydroxychloroquine worked on everybody? No. No. Did he say steroids worked? Right? 25% for one, 53 percent for another, 85% for steroids, uh, uh, Decrease with aspirin. I mean, all these things, we plugged them all together. Yeah. But together, we could decrease hospitalizations and death by dramatic numbers. And it
0: seems seems from everyone, we've learned that early treatment is the whole deal. Right. You don't get early treatment. That's when your chances go for dying. And, and what these doctors, what these hospitals are saying is go home, hang out. Hopefully you get better if you don't come back when you're super sick. And that, which, and which, true. which we've never, when have we ever heard that in it, medicine for anything?
1: Hey, you know, when we talk about medicine, as our that, you know, oh, it's so better to prevent something than to cure something. Well, now they're saying, well, let it get really, really yeah, bad. Right. But see, all the things that they wanted to use, remdesivir um, and vaccines. They needed emergency use authorization. Had we tried remdesivir before? Oh, yeah, during the Ebola. What did we find? It destroyed kidneys. There was increased death with remdesivir. What did we find with remdesivir used again in coronavirus? Oh, it destroyed kidneys. It killed people. The WHO said, stop using it. What did the U.S. say? Oh, no, we're (laughs) going to keep using it. Emergency use authorization, huge amount of money for hospitals. Um, I would tell people to leave the hospital. I'll take care of you at home. Don't let them give you remdesivir.
0: Yeah, that. that you know what they do? They is give so them, destructive. They
1: give remdesivir in spite of people saying not to give it. Or Can I, they do that.
0: They just give it to you when you say you well, don't want it.
1: Salt and battery. If they did that, but they would do it, and people didn't know. Wow. So hospital protocol. Then I also, and this is firsthand knowledge of patients having done this, talking to these patients, telling them, "Get out of the hospital, I'll come to Another person said, "I don't want remdesivir. He just needed he needed more oxygen than I could give him at home." Okay. So I said, go and just get some oxygen. Don't let them give you room and we'll get you through this. I just think high dose steroids, but I need you to get a high, higher level of oxygen than I could do at home.
0: He said, I don't want remdesivir.
1: Oh, I guess then you're a no code and we're just going to treat you as hospice comfort
0: care. You don't want what we want to give you, your are no, no code. Uh-huh. No, so code no code means they let you die. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's just, that's just someone's ego out of whack right there.
1: Yeah. And, and I think a lot of pressure from the uh, hospital.
0: No, um, the hospital's definitely pressure. My my wife is a nurse, works in a hospital. I'm not commenting on her hospital. It's wonderful. Not oh, it's great. But there's a lot of that. There's yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, the hospital's dictating. And the, and the hospitals are getting it dictated by pharmaceutical companies. It's all, from, it's all handed down. And
1: from the governmental insurance. Yes. What's driving a lot of the vaccine mandates were the governmental insurance, the Medicare, and Medicaid. If you don't have this many people vaccinated, then we're going to terminate your policies for Medicaid and Medicare. Medicaid oh wow. Wow. Oh yeah, it, this is a lot of these hospitals. Were really and it's
0: all based on just bad information and dishonest information.
1: I mean, why don't we do this for flu season every year? We've never done it before. They've never mandated this.
0: Let, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Changing gears a little bit because this this has been getting into my head from the things I've heard. You know about this mRNA vaccine getting in, changing your DNA, getting in your DNA. Like how how. Long, I, I know you don't know, but do you have any suspicions for how long we're going to see new damages and new problems resulting from these vaccines a year, two years, three years down the road as a result of what it does to your DNA? So I think that that we can err on both sides. Right? We can
1: err on it. It doesn't cause any trouble. And we can err on the side that everyone's doomed and we're all going to die in six months. <laughs> um, I think the majority of people do okay with it. The majority. 99% of people do with it. Um, what concerned us is that they showed in vitro that if you, if, you put the, um, if you put the vaccine on these liver cells, that that RNA got into reverse transcribed and got into right. DNA and is there. Once it's there,
0: that's what there. I'm saying.
1: Now the question is. So you're saying 99
0: of the time that was not
1: happening? No, it's just like By what I'm saying is what we're seeing. We don't know. Okay. Right. So, but but most of the time, if you talk to most people who are vaccinated, they don't have horror stories. I mean, more than we would sure. like. Sure. But the majority of people.
0: Sure, sure, sure. I, but uh, so maybe but, I'm misunderstanding what, what I'm, I've heard. No, but thought, what I'm
1: saying though is is that now we know that the vaccine and that RNA can get permanently inserted into certain cells.
0: Yes. And this was, really these amazing. were in the liver
1: cells. So the question is, is if it's inserted there, what does it do? Because you have a lot of genes in your liver, in, in your, in your chromosomes that don't get transcribed and they, then translated into proteins, but they told us this wouldn't happen, mm-hmm. but it is happening. Yes. So now that our DNA is being fundamentally transitioned and depending on where it inserts itself, it might insert itself in a bad location. and might cause other problems. The main thing is, is we don't know, but, Considering that we have early treatment, so you don't need an emergency use it, authorization for a vaccine, and we have a 99.15 for all comers survival rate, why would you use something that you only tested for six months right. and you lied to us about it saying that of it course. doesn't get reverse transcribed and you lied to us about the kids and you lied to us? I mean, these are just downright lies. Yes. Over because over Pfizer knew they had the data. Why would Pfizer say that we want 55 years? before we'll disclose our data
0: well there's only one reason dead. i want that yeah yeah people forget about things people yeah forget about things. well okay so the the transcribing into the dna of liver that's what concerned me. because i know a lot of people who have taken these i mean most of the population has taken these right so it's in yeah. them is that transcription happening for the majority of people we don't know we would have to do liver biopsies well in the study where they found it was them, just what, cells okay so they okay so it's. They found isolated cases of this, and they don't know how widespread it is. They found isolated uh, cases in cell culture. So um,
1: what it has to do is now you have to get a whole bunch of people who have been vaccinated and say, hey, do you mind if we uh, do <laughs> a liver this. biopsy? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. No, but that's what you have to do. And yeah. that, but that's actually what, what Pfizer could have done. This is why you do animal studies, and they bypass almost all their animal right. studies, is they should have now done biopsy every major organ and to see if what happened to the spike protein. They didn't do that.
0: Right. Right. To rush it out. Again, emergency. You know. And so
1: now, like the data that I, I showed today, that's just now coming out It's showing that the spike protein that we're asking the body to make is actually cardiotoxic. So now we're giving somebody a gene product that their body makes, which damages their heart. Yes. And inflames their heart. That's or crazy. a virus that almost everybody, especially now with Omicron. Delta was really bad. I hated Delta. <laughs> I really did. Omicron is just a cold to me. So like a mild, it's just yep. a fluke to me. Um, but with no lung stuff. So Omicron, Omicron 4 or 5, have a little bit of lung stuff, but hardly. I have I have overweight, diabetic, older people. I took care of a 91-year-old, Ninety pediatric cardiologist, taking care of a 91-year-old woman with stage 4 colon cancer to get her through Omicron. Wow. I took care of if a family or board, uh, uh, a husband who had been admitted um, <clears throat> before I got Involved with the family, I took care of the mother and the four daughters. So I think he was 80 something. She was in her late 80s. And I treated them and I told they were telling me what was going on in the hospital. I said, um, Get them out of the hospital and don't let them get pets loaded. And definitely don't get, let them get run dizzy. So they get them out. Um, the, uh, the family doctor eventually talks to him and he starts yelling to the family, Why didn't you call me and contact me? And they said, we tried to call you on Saturday and nobody answered the phone. And so we called Dr. Miller, he answered the phone and mm-hmm. he came to our house and took care of us. Right. And rather than saying, oh, so how are you guys doing? Well, husband's home, he's doing fine, no problems. Wife is doing fine, both in their 80s, both overweight. Four daughters who are in their 60s, all doing fine. Instead, what did he do? He berated them for doing so, something so stupid and taking a medicine that
0: wasn't fully- Berated history. the patients. Yeah. Because they
1: saw me and I treated them. I treated them with both hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. That's
0: what's amazing that the treatments that doctors like you have been doing have been working. Thousands of lives have been saved. You've saved thousands of lives of some people who otherwise might have ended up in the hospital and dying. Yet you are who the government chooses to go after. It's it's absolutely mind blowing. I investigated my medical
1: license in Hawaii because I just had a discussion like this with the, the chief of public health for Maui and I were having this discussion, risk, benefits, alternatives to every treatment that was known for COVID. Mm-hmm. That's what we were having. Just a nice scientific discussion. I'm a medical scientist. I have an MD and a PhD. He's a medical science scientist. He worked at the WHO, Walter Reed. He'd done work all around the world on dengue fever and stuff like that. We're having a discussion, scientists and scientists. How do we help patients? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we brought up possible hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, as there are some data around the world that suggests that it's helpful, both of our licenses were um, investigated. You know what they never asked me? No newspaper asked me. No one ever asked me. Have the patients do
0: it. Right. That seems important. Seems, seems the matter. Seems the
1: most relevant yeah. issue. Right? right. Never asked. So, what is this doctor's mad at? He's finally the woman hung up on him. She goes, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. I got help and it worked and I'm fine. And what you're mad at is, is you one, you're mad at me because you weren't available. And then because because you weren't available, I got, I got treatment that worked. And
0: yeah.
1: Like, what? But why are you yelling at the
0: people? Well, he's mad because he's losing a patient and money out of his pocket.
1: Yeah, and so I, I guess well, I guess he could have taken, answered the phone on Saturday because I did. <laughs> right,
0: right. He could um, have answered the phone on Saturday and got
1: paid. I answered the phone on Saturday and did it for free.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, right? you, you're a better guy and a well, better doctor. I just there think it's
1: go. part of this. You sign up for being a doctor. right? Yeah. You know what? I'd expect an off, off-duty policeman to take care of things. Sure. I expect an off-duty fireman to take care of me. I wouldn't say, well, you know, I can't really help you now because, um, you know. Right. How often do you hear about it's care, it? Right? It's an oath. It's an oath. thing, And take. it's just a decency, right? Yes. It's, it's a decency. It's like one thing's like I could talk to him. Like some people like talk to him I say, you know, I think you're doing fine. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to come see you tomorrow. I'll come see you the next day. Or call me. I don't think I need to see you right now. Mm-hmm. But at least yeah. I have a conversation with them. I can do a lot by conversing with somebody. Can they speak in full sentence? Mm-hmm. You know what? if someone can't speak in a full sentence if i hear them take a breath and within a sentence i'm gonna go see him right now i'm not even going to look. i'm going to be right there but other ones are well you know i'm feeling pretty good i don't have a fever i'm able to get around i'm not coughing too much i can breathe okay I'm okay. okay well let's see how you do on these things that you're already on you know the vitamin d the vitamin c the zinc the other things we may have a on. no
0: mm-hmm. um, but at least i talked to you yeah yeah what about um so you're in YM in California. California went nutty with this stuff. They shut down the schools for an entire year. Kids wore masks for another year after that. I tried to get my kids to rebel and not do it, but their mother were not on the same page. They wore their masks just like everybody else. Just chaos out there. We're going today was the first day of school. I'm obviously not there with them. Do you see the schools treating children the same way this? year? Are we going to have the same kind of pandemic when the next wave hits? Is another wave going to hit? And will we see the same kind of panic?
1: Um, I think another wave is going to hit. The answer is another wave going to hit. Depends on if something wants to be released. Okay. So if you look at the natural history of coronaviruses, if you don't mess around with them, they they become more infectious and less virulent. So they just become a cold. If we weren't testing everybody, if we didn't send out 600 million whatever antigen tests to every home, right? You know, um, a lot of people just said, Wow, I just felt like kind of crappy for three nice. or four days. Mm-hmm. I got a cold, my kids had a couple of days of cold. But remember, we drove everybody to fear, we also drove everybody to a place of shame. If you got sick now, oh, where did you go? To go to a party,
0: right? Did you, <laughs> did you go to church, did you, you know, all
1: those well, things. they didn't
0: go to church in California because well, those were they shut down, were shut down,
1: yeah. So, um. I'm not. I'm not necessarily concerned with how COVID's going right now. You know, they they've tried to do monkeypox on us now, which is fizzling out right. because it's only one population that's getting monkeypox. They don't want yes. to talk about that very sure. much. It's only one population that's getting monkeypox. Um, uh, <clears throat> the the mask issue is really bothered me because we knew this beforehand. Switzerland knew it very early. Scandinavia knew it very early. We didn't do this to kids. We knew about masking respiratory viruses before COVID. I mean, it, it's very clearly WHO said 2017 for respiratory viruses, no need to mask, no evidence has ever shown that we can prevent spread with masking. Right. A lot of harm comes from masking kids, especially in their development. They need mm-hmm. to see faces, they yeah. need to see emotions, they need to see lips move for all this. I mean, we've had horrible declines. Um, um, my answer to all this is you know who was afraid? Well, the teachers and the teachers, yes. Right. So you know what you do? And they have all you power the people. Just about everywhere. You know what you do is you allow the kids to come to class, you hire an aide, and you put the teacher on Zoom. That's what you do. Rather than sacrifice all these kids for the fear and the power of teachers unions. So I think the case can be, I mean, we have the case that you shouldn't mask kids. Um, Right now, it's a state by state issue. Mm -hmm. This is where you didn't realize how important is what kind of state you lived in. Yeah. i lived in hawaii you think you had a bat in california we could get fined five thousand dollars if we sat on the beach by ourselves oh my goodness five thousand dollars they closed so, down the beaches for a while it's so crazy so you could go in the that, water yeah, in the parking that. lot but if they caught you running across the sand you were in trouble but as long as you got to the water but you could probably the beach.
0: safest place you could be out on the and, beach
1: and what would you need Well, you can find it deep
0: Right, the vitamin so they, D, you got the UV light, killing the COVID. Everything
1: they <laughs> told us was wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I have hope for states like Hawaii and California, just in the airport flying here. Um, they keep announcing over the loudspeaker it's mandatory to wear a mask in the airport, which I didn't know it still was. In L.A. County, it's still mandatory. They keep Is it around. really? I guess. They no kept, one's wearing
1: them in L.A. Well, that's I'm what I'm just... saying.
0: They kept announcing it over and over. And I'm looking around, probably 15 20% of people are wearing them. Whereas just... Three months ago, it was still ninety-five percent. So I think people have had enough of yep. it. I think people are over it. I think more people are starting to realize that this was this is just a big scam. Um, so I have hope that even if there is another surge, that there will be less compliance. I'm hoping because if even if even twenty percent of the population refuses to comply, we'll beat this thing. Again. You know what they say in history? What it takes as a revolution?
1: Three point eight percent of the population. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I've not heard that, but heard. yeah. Well, I think we got three point eight percent already. So yeah,
1: yeah. And I and I think everyone and um I think everyone um we're trying to be most people most people majority of people trying to be good Americans. Government said to get vaccinated, they went and got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think people are idiots. I think that they did their best. Um, depends on who, where you listen for news, yeah. right? And some people trust this That's it. News it, it was all made so political. Right? So yeah. really what this is, if it's anyone's fault, it was it was the, the dictations to the media and the trusted news initiative that these are the only places that can say what is right? Um, if you look at, if you do the deep dive in what happened to churches too, um, um, Francis Collins was taught as, oh, he's the real friend of the church. He's the one who's going to be able to help us through this. Well, he was the one who criticized the Great Barrington Declaration, which right now we know two and a half years later was the perfect recipe for how to get out of this. You're absolutely right. He's the one who, he wrote the letter. He wrote the, this is all public
0: knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: he wrote the email to Fauci said, let's make these Shout guys down. look like yep. French. Yes. So you're going to take Bhattacharya from Stanford, uh, um, Koldor from Harvard, and Gupta from Oxford, yeah. all top-notch epidemiologists, and say that they're French?
0: Right. If they're fringe, then who is... With With not? basically,
1: I 180,000 doctors signing on this document, maybe one of
0: them. Um, wow.
1: And, and so this is coming from the National Institutes of Health. He's a scientist, not a physician. Um, Fauci's really never taken care of a COVID patient. Has no right. Idea. And so we have on the ground, people are saying, this works, this works, this works, this works. Yeah. And
0: and And now you have the media... I don't understand how after that email came out, became public, where they're clearly saying, we're going to ruin these men because they're getting in our way. That's what it says. How that was not the end of all of this. Like, that email became public. It shows the corruption. Yeah, That should have been the end of it. It shows you how corrupt it is. So our old,
1: and this is true Mm -hmm. in the CDC and for the FDA, is our old um, watchdogs are asleep on the job. So if you talk the, within the FDA, there are a lot of people who are bailing ship. they like, I'm done. I can't be a part of this.
0: I'm done. Yeah, it's I'm a done. political organization at this point. They're not. Yeah. yeah. All right, doctor. I've, I've taken up a lot of your time. It's good stuff. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our audience will really appreciate the things you said. Uh, okay. Parents, yeah. don't. Yeah, if I could say one thing. Uh, yes. So when, when my wife and I first spent time with uh, Dr.
1: Robert Malone, um, who was, sort of invented this type of technology, well, it was never meant for this, but he invented the borderline technology. He said, um, How we win this battle is not the doctors going to Congress, it's the parents calling the Congress. So I'm very thankful to you that, that as a parent, you're speaking up and speaking out to other parents. But how this stops is people calling the yeah. school boards, their local representatives, state representatives, and other representatives and say, Enough of this nonsense.
0: Yeah, angry moms can change the world. <laughs>
1: never, never. It doesn't care what species it is. Never get near a mama bear. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, doctor. Thank you so much. All right, thank you for really your time. All right.